Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Boo, and this episode 354, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Prez, that is at underscore president at Twitter. Prez, how are you doing on this Saturday uh, afternoon? Um, hanging in there, hanging in there. Uh, just uh, caught the Celtics game this morning, watching some college hoops, since I'm supposed to do that these days, the usual Did that um, through? Yes, the usual. Uh, as uh, <laughs> before, we get started. Uh, unfortunately, I do have some announcements to make. Uh, the first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Check that out. Check that out. That is at the Strickland Instagram, posting all kinds of new content on there. The Strickland also has merchandise, which is available on our website. You can find that at www strict.land there's a link that'll take you to the merchandise store. We got all kinds of cool stuff on there: t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, water bottles, coffee mugs. You name it, we've got it. Strickland also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There is a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland's podcast that I host every Friday with friends. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. And you get access to Takes from Obvious Bozos, our newest podcast hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, along with Zach Blatter. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Stricken Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave with the next thing more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. And now you get access to Strictly NFL, which is, you guessed it, our NFL podcast that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, and this will be possible without you. And none of this would be possible without Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL big midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to the Bet Online website today and already is our promo code, believe. B-L-E-A-V for your trip, 50% with your title line where the game starts. Uh, and uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, please do us a favor. If you haven't done this, uh, maybe even leave a comment. That could always help. Um, all right. Let's get started. The Knicks uh, lost to the Boston Celtics 133-123 last night. Uh, in a game where, you know, single game, it told you the tale. Um, and I'm not... Look, we're, I'm sure we'll get into individual player stuff at some point uh, in this pod. But, like, I think I, – I just think that it was not uh, – I don't know. I I, I don't know. That, I just thought that was a really weirdly coached game by Tibbs. And, um, you know, I don't mind him starting DiVincenzo over – Grimes, uh, you know, that's actually kind of a change. I think a lot of us, uh, myself, yourself, plenty of people have talked about as being a potential option. Um, What I do have a problem with is just going back to the starters in that fourth quarter when they were just, I mean, they've been terrible in the second half to start the second half 
like all season basically. Um, and they were terrible yesterday. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, they didn't have it. And, uh, the bench group, you know, they weren't perfect, but I thought they, they fought, um, and they helped get the Knicks back into the game and kind of just given the circumstances of the game. I, I don't know. I, I think that they earned the right to close that, that game. And I just thought it was really weird to bring RJ DiVincenzo and Randall back in when he did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, it was a weird game. And, uh, I think the Knicks are, They've got some issues right now with their perimeter defense not really locked in. Um, and this is not a single player issue. This is across the board. I do think Brunson in particular yesterday was really bad on defense. Um, it was worth for the season, to be honest, um, in that sense. And, um, you know, they, they haven't gotten into ball handlers, which Clyde repeatedly said on the broadcast. I thought that was a fair criticism. And uh, on top of that, their transition defense has just been atrocious um, at various points. I mean, there's that play at the end of the first quarter where Quick takes a three. Uh, I didn't love the shot, but he was the only guy that got back. There's nobody else back. Uh, and it was basically a two on one, a three on one. They end up getting a layup out of it. And it's just unacceptable. Like stuff like that is unacceptable. And, um, you know, again, I'm not, we'll talk about individual player stuff, but I, I you know, just as a group yesterday, um, and, and really against Milwaukee, I, I don't think the the defense has been even close to the level it needs to be at. And they've really got to figure out what they want to do against these stretch fives. Cause it's two games in a row and three times against Boston this year where, um, they have not, they've started these games off really poorly covering the five. Um, Porzingis, I think in each of these games, he's gone off to a hard, hot start. And, uh, you know, from there, you're always trying to fight back into the game and it's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel that the same way. Um, I, I see why a lot of people are frustrated, right? Because we haven't been able to make competitive games versus good teams. And we played a lot of good teams, early in the season. Um, and that's frustrating because, you know, we we're used to this team, even though they're not bona fide championship contenders, we're used to this team versus really good teams, not being a pushover, right? Like where they beat Cleveland. They probably could have, though they did not <laughs> beat Miami. And then just in the regular seasons in general, like they're, you know, you could usually count on them to be competitive and not get, not get the ass bust by like 20 something points. And that's what's been happening lately. The defense stuff is really weird. I may have jinxed it when I wrote a piece on how good our defense is. Cause since then it's looked a little uh, discombobulated to quote Clyde. Um, and I think you hit it on the head. It's the perimeter defense has, across the board not been locked in like we'll get to randall randall's the bad defender on the team but like even even the other guys like uh just going through um the game and game threads heart and and heart, 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 i thought it was right, like heart, really bad heart, yesterday divincenzo like even quickly had one play where he just lost he kind of lost his assignment and quickly does this the least of anybody, which is why he needed to play more among other reasons. But um, like what teams like Boston do is they, they really put a lot of pressure on you to just not make mistakes. And it's almost like baseball where in, in, in the MLB, if a pitcher makes a mistake, there's a good chance that it's going to come. It's going to be a hit, a double, a home run or something like that. And uh, in the first three quarters, 
the Celtics hit a lot of our mistakes hard. Like, you know, and, and they, they, their, the way they run their offense, you know, it has flaws, but it also basically tees up lots of opportunities for team defense mistakes in the other team, right? Like, even though they have Tatum and, and Jalen, and we know those guys are shot makers, they do a lot of like screen the screener stuff. They do a lot of decoy stuff. And it's not the most fucking complicated thing in the world. But if you don't have your shit together in terms of knowing assignments and communicating with your teammates and all that, then uh, then you're going to get fucked. And like it, it was a really bad omen when like like you said, in the beginning of the game, like on the first play or whatever, yeah, Mitch immediately went wide open three to where Mitch just drops back because that's his default. And I don't know if that's a Tibbs thing or a Mitch thing. I think it's a Mitch thing because there's been a mix of coverages that Tibbs has used Mitch in and Mitch has deployed himself. And you just got to know that like a deep drop is not really tenable against a stretch five. Um, and it's, it's so fucking weird because Mitch is locked in, uh, so much for most of the season, right? And, and he's just brain farting a lot of the time versus the stretch fives. It's it's one thing if he's on Kristaps and Kristaps like beats him off the dribble or like if if that happens, then I'm just like, all right, I'll tip my cap. But like, you can't just concede. He's too good of a shooter to just concede wide open threes. And if you, you all you have to make him or Brooke Lopez versus the Bucks or whoever, you have to make them think about it. Um, think about whether to shoot or whether to pass. And, you know, it, it's, it's that part is not that complicated. It was really disappointing to see that. Um, so, yeah, the defense was just all over the place. And, um, you know, I it just, I, it, just it, it just feels like they haven't. Um, look, I, I will say this. I think the Milwaukee game was like, yeah, look, the defense wasn't great. But there was just a level of shot making from them in that game that was like I, I don't know I, I really yeah, don't Bobby know. Bobby Portis was hitting game. Bobby Portis was hitting like mid range turnarounds and shit like that. And, yeah. and I and I agree. It, it just, the, the last thing I wanted to say real quick yeah. is just like I I really don't. There's some stuff that we'll get to rotation wise that impacts the defense because rotations decide who is playing defense and that stuff I'll put on tabs. But like there was just too many mistakes from a team that I've seen not make those mistakes on defensive execution for me to be, to have an issue with Tibbs's game plan versus these two teams. And I've seen some people online suggest that, you know, maybe this, uh, maybe this scheme is kind of like a bogus fluky fluke thing that only works versus uh bad teams and i don't really think that's the case i think if the knicks did their job and the celtics didn't shoot 45 percent from three then we probably would have held them below their season average i don't know what their season average is they scored 130 which is a lot um their season average is probably also a lot um but uh actually now i'm curious let me see yeah, their season average is 100, and that can't be right. 
Anyway. It, their offense has kind of slow. I will say this: the the Boston thing is like their offense when they have KP versus when they don't is a massive difference. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the other they, thing I, w- I wanted to say real quick. I, I think people forget. Like, I don't. I still don't think people understand. And I, I know, I agree with you on the Drew Holiday point guard managing the offense crunch time stuff. But like, I don't think people understand how good Kristaps Porzingis is now when he's healthy. Like people. He's one of the most impactful offensive NBA players in the league. Like he's very clearly the second best player on that team, not by a small amount. And that is even on offense alone for without even factoring in his defense. So like people like he's, he's a game changer and like, you know, they, they lost to the Pacers without him or whatever. And it's not just, that's not nothing that he wasn't playing. Like if, <laughs> If this is like, you know, it's it's like ignoring that Jamal Murray's out for the Nuggets or something. Like it's not nothing, you know. Like, and he keeps. He, I feel like he's talked about as kind of just like, oh, a guy who's taking advantage of mistakes by the Knicks. He's also just really fucking good, guys. Like, he's probably a top twenty player in the league when healthy. His problem is he's never healthy the whole year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he also always plays great coming off of an injury. Like his body is well rested. He always is great in those scenarios. Yeah, That's very much true. why he's starts seasons well and he's always been that way. Um, so I'm not really surprised that he played well. But like I, I don't know. I I get like why people are like, well, the Knicks haven't beaten any good teams. I mean, I, I think that's kind of like a stupid argument that people make um because it's just like look we've seen this team be good like we've seen them do it last year i'm not just talking about well they won a playoff series like we saw them you know they beat boston three times they they had like a wing i think they had a winning record against teams above 500 so it's not like this is some team that just doesn't they've consistently underperformed against good teams or something um but like you know um i'm just gonna say like i I don't so if the reason, like, again, I want to be very clear where, like, I don't really mind that DiVincenzo is starting. I think it's fine, um, and I'm okay if you want to start him over quickly. What I don't understand about this, though, is, like, no longer can anybody use the reason to not have, like, quickly in, in a lot of scenarios. It can't be, well, Tibbs doesn't want to give up size. Like, guess what, dude? He's doing it right now yeah, that, from the start that, of games. That one's off the board. That yeah, one should have been part. off the board if before though because he closed with quickly for like a whole year and it's not like people were like oh we're giving up size like no we were very good at the end of games because of that so i mean you know that i'm preaching to the choir obviously but like now it's very fucking obvious you're right like dante's what six two he's like six three he's like six, six three, three six three right. and he got a six six wingspan so give me a break i mean quickly's basically he's six three with a six nine wingspan um I will say also, like, very specifically, and this is not just one player. This is basically everybody. Um, but I, I think I, you saw this with DiVincenzo. You saw this with Randall. You saw this with Brunson a lot yesterday where it's like, I, I get that the scheme calls for you to, like, crash down from the weak side and kind of help in the paint. And, like, I, that's fine. But you've got you've got to be able to, like, play, like, there's a you can't leave the corner so open and like they're just it doesn't even call for it as much as they're doing it it yeah they're stinking they're sinking (laughs) way too much yeah Uh, this happened all the time this happened a bunch yesterday i mean brunson was really bad with it divincenzo was bad with it. divincenzo had a bad one yeah they got too many good shooters to do that shit if you want to stink off for like 
a bum on the Pistons or some shit, fine. But like, don't sink off Derek White, man. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, you know, I, I just their their doubles have been really bad too. Like they, it's their doubling is fine. They don't have the the help defense uh, after like. You know, right, there was the one yesterday. Come after. Yeah, they, they just have not been locked in. And I think Josh Hart uh, in yes. particular has been really bad with this. Like, he had multiple yesterday where I'm like, dude, what? Can you just get back to your man? He doubles, and then he just fucking floats around, like, either like he doesn't know what to do or like he's waiting for a shot to go up so he could get the rebound. Yeah, and then the other part, like, I just got to say this because, fuck it, we've been, we haven't said his name at all so far. <laughs> um I thought Randall, like, forget the defense, okay? Forget that. Because, like, I think we all just had, kind of have to accept, like, this is just what he's going to do. I'm not saying – and when I say we have to accept it, I'm not saying, like, you have to, like, be a fan of it. I'm just saying, like, that's what it is. We know he's not going to consistently give a shit on defense, and he'll probably just have multiple terrible moments in a game, regardless of who you play. Um, but Right. He's not a good, bad defender with yeah. good defensive potential. He's just a bad defender. Yeah, he's just a bad defender at this point. It, it is what it is. But his like lack of willingness to just box out and like it was so bad yesterday. I mean, there was that one play where he like you can literally see him look at Horford in the corner when the shot goes up. Sees him. Okay, he sees him, and then he just looks back at the hoop. And he doesn't box out, and Horford ends up getting the offensive rebound. I think they scored on that possession afterwards. But it's just like, I mean, these are the things that are just like, they're so frustrating. And I, look, his effort yesterday, I mean, I don't know what you want to say about it, but like, it wasn't great. Um, And, um, you know, like, uh, again, like, I get why you run it back. and I get a lot of things. I will like my, my big takeaway of just from recent games and kind of overall at this point in the season is, um, you know, say what you want, like Randall, whatever. Um, but like, I think you've had, so you've had two guys already publicly come out and talk about not kind of feeling in rhythm, feel like they need to get on the ball more it openly expressed kind of issues that they're having. Um, I think most rational people would say that, Quickly's minutes have not been adequate, um, which is a fair criticism. I think, whatever, there's a lot of stuff going on. And what I think is going to be true, and what I feel fundamentally is, I think this team is too talented to continue to just play risk management basketball. Um. I think they can do a lot more offensively than they and by they that, and by that you mean like low turnovers, lots of ISOs, all that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, and and look, you can you can go. Like, I think uh, Basketball Index, you know, they have a lot of great numbers, and uh, they tweeted out a bunch of stuff. Yeah, this week, but like if you just look at this, you know, RJ is one of the best finishers in the league in transition this year. He's top ten. Uh, Brunson has been an elite half court shot maker this season. Uh, you have two really great offensive rebounders in Mitchell Robinson, who's literally the best one in the league right now, and Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, you have one of the best bench scorers, bench players in the league in Emmanuel Quickly. You have all, all this stuff, and there's a lack of dynamism and imagination in the offense to a degree. Um, 
I know that like, yes, Tibbs has definitely improved as a coach, I think over the last year for sure. And I do think he's a bit more creative in terms of like, yes, he uses guard, guard screens, wing guard screens. Like he's better about stuff like that. Um, But at the end of the day, I think the offense ultimately falls so much on creating mismatches, perceived mismatches for your star players or your creators in this case, you know, Brunson, Randall quickly RJ to punish a mismatch. Um, There's not a lot of fluidity, which is the stuff that I think Hart and Grimes are talking about. Also, by the way, not really a coincidence to me that Grimes looked better and more comfortable playing with the bench. That was like very, very predictable. Um, But like, I, I just think we're getting to a point where it just feels like this coach is never going to fully push the boundaries of what various players and and personnel groupings on this team are capable of. And I do think part of that also is his kind of, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, allegiance, addiction, uh, loyalty to Julius Randle. Because to me, there's way too much focus and leeway about Randall being a central player offensively. I understand that as constructed, he has to be. I also think that we lean into that way too much. And I think that there are moments and there are games and there are sequences where he needs to come out of the game. And that third quarter yesterday, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's okay to just like, it, if it's okay, right. If, if we're going to say that, you know, we have a three plus year sample now and counting of Emmanuel quickly, apparently being the luckiest fucking human being in the world. And magically the Knicks are always much better when he plays uh, much better than they are with anybody else on the floor, apparently on the team. And again, guess who, guess who's leading their on court and on off uh, of rotation players this season. Press take a wild guess. Um, but like if Dylan if Windler, yeah, if, if that guy, has to consistently oh well oh well, like they oh well quickly didn't have it going so it's okay that his minutes get cut if if he gets treated like that if RJ Barrett gets treated like that like if these guys can get held to that standard so can Julius Randle like so can I'm sorry but like he is not he he doesn't need to, like I understand sometimes you have to ride with your guy I also think there are moments like hey did he need to play the entire third quarter. I don't think so. Like, I don't, if, if, if that's, if you're scared to just take him out, Hey, you're not playing well. I'm going to take you out with six minutes left in the third quarter. Just because like, well, that's not my plan. That wasn't my rotation going into the game. That's ridiculous. It's inexcusable. And this is the third, this is like multiple games in a row now where you're coming out of the second half start and your starters, by the way, to close the first half and to uh, when they've come in now in the second half, this has been a consistent theme now for a little while of that start, the starters come back in and all of a sudden the other team goes on a run and it's to close the first half and to start the second half. And this is the second or third game in a row where by the time he makes a substitution, you're down double digits. And it's just, this is a ridiculous, and then it's like, oh, well, the bench didn't close the gap. Like, why the fuck are they always in a deficit? You know, like, I'm sorry. Just, if you look at this team's uh, just the on-court, like, I, look, on-court rating, on-off stuff, this this is, doesn't tell you everything you need to know about a team. But when it's this stark, where, like, literally your best guys in terms of on-off and on-court are quickly, it's hard. 
it's Hartenstein. It says something. Like it is telling you something. Um, and and it, it it doesn't mean that like look it doesn't mean that Brunson is horrible or that you know Art Randall is terrible, but it is telling you that like yeah maybe your rotations and your lineups are not being maximized and maybe the groupings that you're you're leaning on are not being maximized um, because like this is look this is just I'm just gonna read off right this is just on court rating not on off just the Knicks net rating when these guys are on the floor of the rotation players all right I'm just gonna start from the top. Manuel quickly plus seven point seven, Josh Hart plus six point seven, R.J. Barrett plus five point six, Isaiah Hartenstein plus four point two, Jalen Brunson plus two point nine, Mitchell Robinson plus two point five, Julius Randle plus two point four, Divincenzo minus zero point seven, Quentin Grimes minus one point two. Um, like it's telling you something, you know. Uh, and I, I think you're getting to a point where like. I don't really care if you don't want to start quickly. He's got to play more and you've got to get him on the floor more with Josh Hart. You got to get him on the floor more with Jalen Brunson. Um, like, and it's like, is it really that surprising that RJ Barrett has the best on court and on off of all the starters? You want to know why you want to guess it's because he plays the bench. That's why like it, this isn't rocket science. I promise you within, if, if we keep it this rotation within a week, two weeks, Quentin Grimes will magically, uh, you know, be in the green again, and uh, will be ahead of, you know, he'll have a great, he'll have a much better on court and on off than he has had to this point this season. That starting lineup, something is off with it, and I think twenty one games in, it's fair to to say that and fair to wonder about it, and um, you know, like there's risks in all choices you make, and I think this front office obviously took the uh not the yeah the risk of bringing it back and making kind of like a one in one out swap right obi goes out divincenzo comes in i'm fine with that swap i remain fine with that i i don't think that we're i don't think any of the issues we're having were solved by obi top and being on the team or not um but like that starting group something is off and um i'm not sure what the exact solution is but i do think that in scenarios like yesterday where Randall's just not giving a shit to start the third quarter. I mean, he's out there, right? He's bitching at the ref because he didn't get a call. It's like, get the fuck back on defense. Can you do that? Can you get back on defense and then bitch at the next, like stoppage of play or something. Um, and you just see this stuff too much. And his, I thought his energy was just really deflating last night. Um, and it, it's, I don't know. I, I, I kind of am rambling, but like, I just think there are some real issues here uh, as far as personnel usage. And uh, and then very specifically in the case of Randall, just a lack of accountability in ways that are not they're not correct, like they're not right. Um, and and honestly, you know, if you're various players in this team, I'd be like, that's fucking bullshit. You know, there was a rotation yesterday. I think Nick's tape. Uh, he did a thread for the Strickland that he put up today about our defensive issues. But there's a play yesterday where Randall kind of just Hauser Pritchard spaces out to the corner and then Hauser. You know, he he cuts in and Randall just switches on to Hauser, even though quickly is like with him instead of because he he was not even close to Pritchard, right? He had been switched on to Pritchard and he just decided I'm not defending him. So then quickly has to run out to the corner and contest. I mean Pritchard made the three anyway. But the point is like I don't know whose fault that is. Maybe it is quickly's, maybe that's not his rotation. But I also think there's a fundamental issue where like you see this all the time with Randall. Guys don't know what he's gonna do. They don't know. 
like, is he going to make this rotation? Is he not? So it makes it really hard for me to know whose fuck up that is. Maybe it is quickly, but he might've just been like, I don't think Randall's going to make this rotation. And I, I see that. I've seen it with Grimes. I've seen it with Hart. I've seen like multiple guys have this issue where they're like, they don't know what the hell Randall's going to do on defense. And it's what it is. And like, I'm sorry. Like, I think his, I think his defense somehow this year has been worse than, I mean, it was way worse than last year. And I didn't, I thought his defense last year was pretty bad. But like, this is something else, man. I, I mean, I, I cannot believe some of the stuff I saw from him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, it's the the way I like describe Randall, especially since he's gotten going scoring wise in the last month, is he when he's scoring well. And making quick decisions, Zach Lowe wrote about him, uh, you know, making snappier decisions. And I had a couple of tweets. Um, he's been, he's found some success on offense where he gets downhill and just drives to, drives facing the hoop. He doesn't, he doesn't do his like half post ups or jumping passes out of half spin moves and things like that. And when he's doing that, he's really hard to stop. Like he was literally moving Giannis. Like, yeah, like Giannis is one of the strongest players in the NBA and Randall was having success moving him out of the way. And that just speaks to his just unholy gifts that he can deploy when he's right. The problem is he, he gives back a lot of that to opponents by a thousand cuts on both ends. And, it's things that if you're a Knicks fan, you see them all the time and it gets fucking frustrating. And occasionally, if you're not a Knicks fan, you see it and you're like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. Like you said, like if you're not a Knicks fan, Julius Randle's got to be easily top three most hilarious players in the NBA, right? Like the, fir- the first fast break where RJ was clearly wide open and he was just like, well, I'm going to shoot it and just had like a very predictable charge on Drew Holiday. Um, like that's, that's a more obvious instance of that, but it's things like what you said, like not knowing the rotation to make doing the thing where he, um, where he only puts a hand up after the person jumps up to shoot. Right. Like that's how he does close out defense, which is not particularly good. Um, and then on offense, just like making inexplicable decisions, every now and then and you know when when those things lead to turnovers or plays for the other team it's it's bad but the only place on the box score that shows up aside from turnovers mm-hmm. is in like things like on court rating or on off and it's that's it's no accident that he's always a little worse by those ratings than what you think he should be um and yeah i, I can look up his defense stuff and and I said as much in my uh, longer defense piece, but like even when we're going good, it's in spite of his bad defense, not with him really contributing that much. It's because the other four guys, including Brunson, tend to be locked in.
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge? It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.